Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Bigarito. Tom Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kersam from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphins football, or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, and uh, final edition of Super Bowl 51 as the 2016 season has officially come to an end in in dramatic fashion, I must say. Uh, You might have uh, listened to the past shows, and obviously uh, I may have uh, seen it ending uh, the way that it did, but certainly not in the fashion that it did, and so... Uh, still a little shell-shocked on it as the uh, New England Patriots have uh, beaten the Atlanta Falcons 34-28. Tom Brady, uh, again, MVP, um, but that does not even come close to tell the story of what took place in uh, what seemingly was an absolute blowout by the Atlanta Falcons in the first half of this game. And uh, it is what transpired in the second half that will not only have everybody talking this today and and, and this week, but probably for a lifetime, as uh, this turned out to be uh, the first overtime Super Bowl, uh, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, and perhaps the greatest comeback in all of championship game history, and uh, this was something that, for those who believe Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback going in, uh, certainly will do nothing to diminish that thought, and I guess for those who who didn't, uh, maybe some of them will be swayed now. Uh, maybe some will look at it another way because um, the first half of this game was decidingly different from every angle in what the second half of this game was. Uh, Tom Brady uh, in the first half of this game looked uh, mortal and uh, uh, even down to throwing uh, a pick six interception and it just looked like he was a shell of the uh, Tom Brady from the past. And uh, it looked like history was really going to change in the way that the legacy of both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady would go down, uh, and then just a dramatic, dramatic turn of events. And so obviously we'll just all that, try to break down what happened, why it happened, and, and what it means. Um, it was uh, a game that was certainly full of uh, big plays and uh, even one of the uh, dramatic, uh, bizarre plays like you've seen, a la the David Tyree catch and and something like that. Uh, Finally, the New England Patriots had one that went on their side in uh, the Julian Edelman catch, which was acrobatic, lucky, circus-like, bizarre, however you – whatever adjectives you'd like to bring up to describe it, it was all that and more. And uh, I think what, for me, came down to just uh, panic moves and some terrible, terrible offensive uh, play calling that I think decided this game. Um, You know, some people will say that, uh, you know, their, their offensive game plan in the second half um, you know, I've, I've heard people say it was too conservative. I think Richard said that it's completely opposite. Uh, when they needed to run the ball, uh, they didn't run the ball. And, and I just feel like they really opened the door. And, and obviously the New England Patriots could not miss a beat. Time was not on their side. They could not miss a beat. They needed to score every possession they had. And what's not talked about is that they needed to score every two-point conversion as well. And they did that. Uh, almost easily, um, with the exception of the Edelman one, which, you know, he I guess he just barely got over the line. Every one of those plays was way too easy. The Atlanta Falcons defense was just beaten, and um, 
there's so many aspects to this game and, and uh, like a roaring lion ready to come out of the cage, <laughs> my co-host Rich Van Zandt is, is about to uh, bring his uh, two cents to the mix. So without further ado, uh, let's welcome in uh, my partner in crime, Rich, to the show. Rich, I, I, I'm going to start, I guess, like I had said. I mean, I, there's so many things about this game that are bizarre, and this game will be talked about. It will live in infamy, and rightly so. Um, people have said it's the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I don't believe it is. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It was a blowout for, you know, until five minutes. Well, until the fourth quarter was a blowout. Really? Two minutes Two minutes left in the fourth quarter, pretty much. Yeah, you know, look, quarter out of. it was a great comeback, okay? You can't deny that. But to have a comeback of that magnitude that late in the game, you also need the other team to go into the tank, okay? Because if yeah. they did anything, you can't catch them. It's not enough time left. So you, you, not to have a great comeback like that, you need a colossal choke and a fall job, and that's what they got. You know, so you you have to blame the Falcons as much as you can credit the Patriots. Certainly, I mean, they opened the door. Of course, you needed the you know the Patriots to to drive through it, and they couldn't really afford to have any missteps, and they didn't. Um, so that's a big part of it. There were some huge, huge plays in this game, um, which you know obviously led to the debacle, if you will. Um, but you know, once that. Once that boulder starts rolling downhill, it's hard to stop it, you know? It is, but unfortunately, I felt like the Atlanta Falcons did stop it, and, and they had a chance to just put it away, and they really made a mistake there. So let's start off, I guess, with the first half of the game. Now, I thought that, you know, Atlanta had a certain game plan, and for the most part, I think that the New England Patriots were able to shut down the Atlanta offense. Now, you're going to say to me, what are you talking about? They scored four touchdowns. How did they shut them down? Yeah, I understand all that, but here's the thing. What they were able to do is they were able to make big plays. So the Atlanta offense was able to make big plays, and that's pretty much how they scored their points. But if you really break it down, it came down to them not being able to sustain drives in any way. And their third down conversion is what cost them the game. They had eight third downs, third downs, they converted one out of the eight. And that is just, you, you, cannot, you cannot really be successful doing that. And although I thought that Julio Jones, in my opinion, had one of the greatest catches that I've ever seen in Super Bowl history. Forget Super Bowl history. One of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Unfortunately, it's going to be forgotten. It's going to be forgotten, unfortunately. And already the Edelman catch has overshadowed this. But the bottom line is Julio Jones had 87 yards and no touchdowns in the game. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, you know, you noticed they never had any kind of rhythm on offense, ever. No, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly, Rich. You just hit it on the head. They were able to score points. Right. They had some big plays. They had some big running plays, and they obviously were able to they hit some big touchdowns, you know, uh, passing plays in the game, but they never really had any sustained drive. Well, you know, it, it seemed to me that they, they, they ran when they should have passed, and they passed when they should have ran. Like, they were really backwards with the whole philosophy to me. I agree with you. And, you know, if you look at it, obviously Shanahan is going to be the guy that, that's going to be under fire. And Dan Quinn is a, a snake-bitten man because, obviously, he's the guy that was there for the Patriots Super Bowl with the Malcolm Butler interception, and he's probably shaking his head, right, saying, yeah. you know, what did my offensive coordinator or team do to me here? And now he, now he has his own team, and I, I have a couple of very suspect calls that, that, uh, well, I'll tell you something. I, I'll tell you. I think the, I think the turning point of the comeback was when the Patriots onside kicked it and didn't get it back. Right. And that was like a gift, right? Yeah. They moved the ball an inch. Right. I mean, they should have. If they capitalized there, it's over. I mean, you got the ball. You know what? In a forty-five yard line. Yep. Going in, and they don't. Move, they don't move the ball an inch. And you've got a kicker that hasn't missed inside of 49 yards all year. There's two glaring mistakes that I've seen in this game. And in the second half, 
if you remember, they came out for their opening drive, I believe, and it was third and one. And not only did they go in shotgun. Yeah, that was, that was ridiculous, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. They go in shotgun, and they yeah. don't even have a back in the backfield. That's a yeah. huge mistake, and then he winds up having the turnover. And then, of course, you go back to where they hit Julio Jones at the, what were they, at the 22-yard line or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and all you got to do is run the ball twice, kick a field goal, and you go home. There's no chance and, the Patriots are winning that game with a field goal there. You're not going to score again, twice in two minutes. And then again, to go into a seven-step seven drop. And yep. you know what? There, there was times in that game where the only thing you couldn't afford to do was take a sack, and twice Matt Ryan took the sack. Well, they took a sack and then got a holding penalty, so now they're third and 33 instead of being in field goal range. That's right. That's right. They got the, they, they took the sack, and then they complete another pass, and they have the holding for what it was, and then it brought it all the way back. And at that point, you're in a lot, a lot of trouble there. And uh, so, yeah, so I think the offense certainly could have put that game away right there. You go up by 10. That game is history. And I think if you would have ran the ball uh, a little bit more in the second half, you probably would have put this game to bed as well. But like you're saying, you're in field goal range already. So uh, running the ball there. If not running the ball, it needs to be just quick, safe passes, quick drop back. You know, so you cannot be sitting back there looking like you're, you know, waiting to, to hit the ground. I, I wouldn't have had a problem with throwing the ball to Julio three more times there. You know, even if it was five-yard slant, who cares? Well, Let him catch the ball move the ball a little bit, you know? Well, I think that's what they – They never really went to him more than, like, twice in one drive, if you notice. Like, you know, make a big play, and then that will be it. Like, why wouldn't you keep going at him? I think because, for the most part, he was – he was taken out of the game in the game plan. And so even the catches that he had, I mean, if you look at the catches that he had, he was not open. I mean, he was no, literally. As long as you throw the ball a certain height in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. It's well, like, you know, did, him being open and somebody else being covered are two different stories here. They you are, know? but he did it twice, though. He did it twice. Yeah. I mean, and I think when you're at the 22, I mean, you, you don't want to really throw a ball up for grabs, even if it's to him when you're in field goal range to put the game away. You and, you know, and I'll tell you something. The other, the other debacle they had was, you know, you know, after the Patriots finally, you know, tied the game, they had 59 seconds left with no timeouts. I mean, you've got to treat terrible. that like that's it because – you know, we we said it. When they, if they lose the to- coin toss, it's over because that defense is spent. That was one of the worst hurry-up two-minute drives with 59 I, seconds I mean, from you know, Matty Ace is supposed Matty to be one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in the league, though. He's the MVP of the league, right? MVP of the league. And that's you can't get known for. 59 seconds and no timeouts left with those weapons. You can't get in field goal range. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And that's what he's kind of known for, right? He's always yeah. been known for being able to do that. Yep. And uh, and so, you know, just uh, basically um, a terrible clock match. Well, you know what they were doing, too, Pat? They were throwing in the middle of the field, too. They weren't even trying to throw to the sidelines to get out of bounds. Like, I, I, the yeah. whole thing was ridiculous. You have no timeouts well, left. you got to throw to the point where you can stop the clock. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly, partner. I mean, he, they had no timeouts left, and they're, they're basically throwing a 10, 15-yard pass in the middle of the field. I mean, I, I don't know what that was going to do for you. You know, I, I think just this goes down, you know, there's just some organizations that just are never going to win a championship, you know. Yeah. and. You know, and you just see the football gods look down, and, you know, you had Blank on the sidelines acting like an idiot at the end of the game where he should have stayed in the booth, you know, pulling his girlfriend's arm and looking like, you know, flat top from Dick Tracy with that dopey suit that he had on. I mean, you know, what is that? You know? I mean, come on. Was it 1933 with that pinstripe suit? I mean, come on. Fantastic. You're absolutely right. I you know, I, I told you, that clown's never going to hold the Lombardi Trophy. It's not, it's impossible. Well, it's impossible. let me tell you, I, I hate to say this, I really do, but I, I honestly believe that this franchise will not recover from this. No, game. they're never going to. No. Know, I, I, won't, I won't say never, but I, I, I don't think this team in this decade, I don't think they're going to. And I would go so far as to say I don't think Matt Ryan's ever going to hold up a trophy uh, in that organization. I mean, maybe you know, somewhere else down the road, but I, teams don't recover from bad losses. They, they don't go back bad. any time soon, I'll tell you that. 
this is as bad as it gets. Yeah. And for Dan exactly. Quinn and all those guys uh, to be, you know, as close as they were, I think now they're going to be so far away from it, and I don't think anybody realizes how difficult it's going to be to get back to there and in that spot again. I, I don't see it happening. I really don't. I hate to say yeah, it. Yeah, and, and you know what? One thing we're also forgetting, too, is uh, – the one drive where the Patriots got stopped three times on a drive and the refs kept giving them first downs. Let's not forget about that. That drive was ridiculous, but if you remember, that's the same drive that Brady threw the pick six. So it actually worked to their advantage because that's the same drive that he he, he basically turned it over. So – um, Is that right? I don't even remember that. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's the same job. There was a couple different turning points. So here's the turning points in the game. It starts out, right, Garrett Blunt stumbled, right? That was the first big turnover, the first big turning point in the game, right? So so he, he does that, and then, uh, you know, Freeman had, uh, you know, the, the run, and then he winds up having the touchdown. So they go up right there. And then – the second big play is Robert Alford has the pick six on Brady. And at this point, you're saying, wait a minute, this is, you know, this is going to be bad. And then uh, Malcolm Butler got then flagged for the, um, the passive appearance, right? And they ended up punching it in for another touchdown. So now you're saying, wait a minute, this is going to be a blowout, right? Yet it turns around in the second half by – when Ryan basically Dante Dante High Towers assassinating Fumble was the turning point. That was the real turning point of the game. I mean they, yeah. you could not afford to do that, right? In the fourth quarter, any you could do anything but give the ball up there, right? I mean that, that Yeah, that was, was pretty bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And then of course, you know, Edelman circus catch is, is the final thing. But the, the way I look at that on that drive with the Edelman catch, Rich. Do you think they're scoring no matter what anyway? I, I absolutely do. I mean, yeah. the, what was it, a, a third and ten or even a fourth from his own two-yard line? Yeah, and, I, I know. But, you know, once you saw that bounce off the guy's foot, you just knew it was going bad. You I know? agree, but they were, at the, they were at the 30-yard line. They were at the 30, I think, their own 30 on that yeah. play. And it was a first down. And then they got it to, what, the 45 or something like that, the other four. Well, that, that defense was on the field much too much. You it, know? It, I mean, it was. But I believe that if Edelman, if, if they pick that ball off, the game's over. But if Edelman doesn't get that and it hits the ground, I'm still very confident that Brady was going to score on that drive because he had already come out of a third and ten and a fourth down. And yeah. he converted both of them on that, that drive already. You know, one was on his two-yard line. Remember that pass? Yeah, how can I forget? I, I mean, that's huge right there. You know, that's, that's, that's absolutely huge, you know. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that if you look at the what was going on in that drive, I, I don't think they were stopping him there. And they're going to make the circus catch out to be the tyree and all that kind of stuff, but – I don't think it was the same kind of thing because I don't think it was the same circumstance. Tyree doesn't catch that pass. The game is pretty much over. Game is over, yeah. It's over, right? Yeah. It's over. Yep. And, and, you know, you, you can point out other... Yeah, that was, that was fourth down. It was fourth down, right? Yeah, yeah Tyree catch was fourth down, yeah. It was fourth down, are you sure? Positive, yeah, yeah. That was all or nothing, yep. Because then we would have sacked him there, the game was over. Well, then if you compare that to everything else that took place, there's no comparison in, in those two plays. And look, Edelman did a great job of getting it, but it bounced off the guy's leg. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know. The guy's yeah. leg's not there, the ball hits the ground. I mean, it's just ridiculous the way that happened, you know? Yeah, if that happens to hit the ground, you know, it's, I don't think it's a huge deal. If it's intercepted... The game's over. Well, I don't think you can catch it with your leg, right? There's <laughs> no chance it was going to be intercepted. Well, I think if Edelman doesn't jump in there, uh, you know, maybe it pops up more. I, I don't know. No, Edelman. I don't think so. Uh, you know, if Edelman doesn't go in there, it just hits the ground. I mean, you know, he actually bobbled it a second time and kept it like an inch yeah. off the ground. I mean, it was a remarkable grab, but, like, it again, was. it bounced off the guy's leg. You know? you know what everybody forgets on that, Rich? What everybody forgets on that is it not only that, but then it, they took a timeout to review it. That's a huge timeout because it would have given Ryan a timeout on that drive. <laughs> and and I it, know. Also gave, 
it also gave the, the offense a little extra time to regroup. There yeah, they sh- yeah. Finished the draft. You know? That was that was a that was a bad timeout. Yeah, that yeah, was a bad loss. That was a bad challenge there. You right, guys so, uh, should know. Yeah, Brady uh, fifth Super Bowl. Belichick obviously uh, fifth Super Bowl legacy now is almost complete. We'll take a quick break and uh, we'll start looking at what this uh, Super Bowl means both to the New England Patriots and to the rest of the history of the league. Right after this. Second and nine and throwing sideline and he has the record. Irving Dwyer on the catch. Dan Marino has now thrown for more yards than anyone else in the history of the National Football League. Hey, this is Dan Marino. You're listening to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Seven of these things now. Yeah, 
Yeah, right? they won seven and they won five. Yeah, and they won five and you know five and two. So you know it's it's a great it's a great run. I don't think it's a dynasty because there's a nine year gap between uh, between them at one point. So it's really not a dynasty. I mean, the only two people that were there are Brady and Belichick that were there both times. So I don't know. It's very hard to say. It's not like you know winning three and four years like the Cowboys did in the '90s or when the Niners dominated the Niners dominated the '80s. It's a different kind of thing, you know. I never thought their first one where they won three that they were some kind of great team. I don't think any of these teams are a great all-time team, you know. I think what they did is amazing. I mean, anybody that goes, you know, to seven Super Bowls, you got to, you know, tip your hat. But I never thought any one of these teams was like a great all-time team that you're going to talk about, you know. Well, it's, it's ironic because I think, I think the best team they had, they lost. Right. I was going to say it's ironic because I think that the the best team was the team that, that lost to the Giants. I mean, I really yeah. thought that undefeated team was one of the greatest teams of all time. And yeah. then, of course, they lose the Super Bowl there. So you have to take a team like that out of the mix. Let me ask you, why, the, the first three Super Bowls, put the cheating scandal aside, why wouldn't that be a dynasty? Well, like I said, I never viewed them as being a great team. Was it a dynasty? Yeah, yeah. They, they won three. And how many years was that? Space uh, I, I guess what, 2000, 2001, three, four, like, I guess like for five years, maybe? It was three and six or three and five, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would assume, I think. No, I, 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 don't, I don't view the whole thing as a dynasty, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, because it's different eras, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, the, I look at like the William McGinnis, Brewski yeah. era, and then, and then up to this one. Now they've won two in the last three years. So it's yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, look, like the last one was a gift, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, Tom Brady, I think, said it best. He said, listen, you know, and this was before the, the Super Bowl. He said, listen, I've been in six of these things, and every one of them has basically come down to the last play. Now, that's very telling. And I don't know what it means, but it's very telling. And the first thing that comes to my mind is that, yes, they did not dominate anybody in any one of these Super Bowls. No. I mean, they could have lost any one of them, and they could have won any one of them. Everyone basically came down to the last play. And then, of course, this one, same thing, goes to overtime and comes down to, you know, yeah. the last play. So what does that mean to go to seven Super Bowls and, and lose all of them or win all of them and, and basically the last play of the game? What does that mean? Is that a So they're not, a, they're not a, like a dominant, you know, the team of all time, I think. That's, you know, another one of these teams is one of those teams that you're going to look back and – you know, they're not the 85, you know, 84, 85 Niners. They're not one of those Steeler teams that dominated that you knew going in we're going to blow somebody out, you know. It's just not that type of a team, you know. Well, I, guess it's, I guess it's the way the league's set up now, too. It's the parity. It's the salary cap, you know. I mean, Belichick definitely, I mean, look, you take his players to another team, they stink. So whatever they're doing, they're doing something right. Can't put my finger on it. It's very annoying watching it. It wears you out after a while. You know, I mean, it's, they never go away. But it just, they're not like, you know, I, I don't view them as this great all-time team. I really don't. Well, I understand what you're saying there. Well, where does the 72 Dolphins fit into that, 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 that description? Well, they went to three straight and one two, you know. I, I don't know. You know, they did something in there that no one's ever done before, before or since. I mean, you you know, I think I think that's the best two years of you know in NFL history. No one gives them credit for it, but you know the '72 and '73 team winning like that, you know, that's the best two-year run that anybody's ever had. I don't think that's even an argument. Yeah, I mean, it stands on its own merit. You're right about that. I mean, I guess you could go to the Packers at a certain point. Yeah, it's point. probably the best three-year run if you you know, even though we lost the Super Bowl that year. I mean, you know, that was a great run too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 88, 89, 49ers, but I don't think they were as good as the Dolphins. And, no. uh, you know, they needed a Montana pulling that one out, you know, to, to kind of start that. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Um, but then, you know, when I look at the overall, uh, I guess, Super Bowls that the Patriots have been in, um, you know, it's ironic that this particular one was the greatest margin of victory. This one. Yeah, yeah no, I know. 28 to 3. Yes, no, I got you. They won by six points because, of, you know, in overtime, you know, the new overtime rules are, are such that if you score a touchdown, it's over. If they kicked a field goal, the Falcons would have got the ball back. 
So, yeah, it's a different set of rules there, you know. And, look, there, there was no way that Falcon defense was going to stop them anymore. They were spent. They were spent. And, uh, listen, I don't like the new Super Bowl rules. I, I like a new, the new arrest. The, the new NFL. No, I like I was, sudden death, too. But it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. They would have kicked a field goal and would have been home anyway. It's over. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered either way there. And i got to be honest with you. If the Atlanta Falcons got the ball first, I don't think they were winning. No, they probably would have three and out. Yeah, I think they would have. I think you're looking at best-case scenario, a field goal, but I don't even think that. I think they were done. I really don't think they were going to do anything. Now, what, what, once they lost that lead, that they were they were, they were, they were, they were gone. Yeah, they were gone. That was it. And, you know, I don't – listen, I don't think it's the greatest comeback because I still think that the greatest comeback of all time is still that Houston Oilers debacle in Buffalo. I don't think you could ever beat that. What was it, 35-3 to at one point? Yeah, no, there's no question. But, but remember, like, even in that game, too, it's the same thing I said before. It's not just the comeback. It's the other team folding it up. You know, yeah. you need a total tank job on the other side, too, to, yeah, to, to yeah. complete yeah, something have, like that. But for, like, often fans... Remember, and remember how bad Warren Moon was later yeah, in that yeah. game? Oh, my God, he was inept. You know, if, if, if for Dolphin fans, the best way to describe this is that, I mean, you, it's like the fake spike game taking place in the Super Bowl. That's yeah. what Brady did. He had a fake spike moment in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. And then went to overtime. It's like England catching a pass, and then you got to go to overtime and still win it. And all the two-point conversions. I mean, they didn't even That's sniff stopping one of those. Nobody's even talking about them. I mean, they were automatic. How is that? We yeah. can't get one to save our lives, and they're automatic when they need to do it. Automatic. They're they running right up the middle on them, you know? They, they miss one of them, and I don't think they, it's over. Yeah, it is. You know, the first one was the fake gadget play where he, Yeah, uh, the last one. The, if they don't get the last two-point conversion, they got an onside kick with 50 seconds, seven seconds left. I know, I know. And Edelman just, you know, bang, bang. Yep. You know, it just it was kind of crazy. I mean, it was literally like, you know, it was like, that's the way it was. I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy how it all, like, just, it just all seemed to go their way. And, uh, Doesn't it always? Well, I guess you can't say that because the Giants beat them twice yeah. on, on free play. So, no, it doesn't always. But in this particular case, it, it certainly did go their way in yeah. every uh, possible way. You know, and uh, what about, you know, they just seem to find, like, how about James White? They just seem to find guys you never heard of, and they become stars. Yeah. Right? I mean, James White, let's face it, on another day, he's probably the MVP. Right? You're right. Yeah, with the Sox, absolutely, yeah. No, I'm talking about the running back for the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots running back, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing what this guy, you know, did. You know, three touchdowns and then, you know, oh, you have 140 all-purpose yards. And just, I, like, where does this guy come from? You never heard of him? I never heard no, of him. No, I never heard of him. No, because this blunt fumbled and they benched him, right? Yeah, and then this guy becomes the next Timmy Smith in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It, it really is. It, it's crazy. It just seemed like, like you said, it was just when the momentum turned, it was it was all there for the taking. But what's upsetting is I think that the Atlanta Falcons did enough to stop the bleeding, and they they made stupid play calls and, and let it slip away. You know, like instead of running the ball, you know how many times? How many times do you think they ran the ball in the second half? Three times. Four times yep. in the entire second half. When you have a twenty-eight to three lead, you're running the ball four times. Yeah, no, I it's got you. It's a little ridiculous. Even if you go three and out, you're still eating two and change off the clock, right? It was a, a terrible, terrible, terrible choke job in the second half by them. Hey, look, you score seven halves, seven points and a half in the Super Bowl, you don't deserve the win. No, and they didn't. You know, usually the team that... That, look, that looks like one of our second half debacles, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's very similar. It's, it's a very similar thing with the difference is you didn't have that kind of a lead. No. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I watched this game and, and as a, you know, a guy who follows the Dolphins for years, and, and I'm watching this and I'm saying to myself, this is unbelievable. The New England Patriots, Tom Brady and the great Bill Belichick, are finding themselves on a losing end of a blowout, just like the Dolphins in 84. 38-16, 
seems like it was very, very plausible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I really seen that happening. It was twenty-eight to three, and I said, you know, this could very easily be thirty-five to ten at the end of this game, and it probably should have been. But you know, uh, when it's all said and done, like you said, they made mistakes. They choked. They led them back in the game, and um, you know, the Bill Belichick game plan. As far as stopping Julio Jones did work, he really did stop him. But the difference is they had other guys that were able to step up. But then they became non-existent, and they became non-existent a lot, large part because of the pass pressure that was put on Matt Ryan. And he kind of seemed like a deer in headlights when they did. Yep. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think the most disheartening thing for Dolphin fans are this team ain't going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can look at it from a Dolphin perspective. You can look at it from a league perspective. You would have felt a lot differently, you know, when they were getting blown out there, right? I mean, you weren't saying that then. Uh, you know, if it was a regular season game, the weird part about this team is they, they generally do die in a regular season. Like, when you, when you get them down, they kind of go away. It's just very hard to get them down. Yep. But, they, you, but in the Super Bowl year, I mean – they were done, but Tom Brady just refused to die. And they said that he just refused to die in the Super Bowl. And it's very uncharacteristic of what they do in the regular season, but for, for whatever reason, they were not going to go down quietly in the Super Bowl. They were going to fight every last breath. And they did, and what ultimately happened was they weren't able to come back in it. Now, what does that mean as far as them carrying on? You know, for the next few years, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Um, it's just a matter of how good you can get. Um, you, you look at the Atlanta Falcons, is that much better than us? Yeah, pretty much so. Well, if you do, then I guess you, you have bigger problems than that. But I don't think you would have said that earlier in the year. I don't think if I asked you that in week 10, you would have, you never even brought them up. Well, didn't really watch them a lot this year, but I think they're a lot better team than we are. They're a lot more solid. They have better defense than we do. Yeah, our flaws are pretty glaring. You know, the question is, can you can you keep who you need to keep, and can you upgrade what you need to upgrade in one off season? And I don't see it happening. And that's ultimately going to be, you know, the off-season talk and what we see. That's going to determine what kind of a product you have on the field next year. And there's a lot of crossroads and coming up right now. We yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, supposedly there's a moratorium put on free agent signings right now. They're not going to talk to pending free agents until they hit the market. So, you know, you're causing problems right there if you're not going to lock anybody up before the fact. Then you have the Jarvis Landry thing for next year that's coming up. That's another debacle. You know, there's a, there's a lot of problems right now that they're not addressing. I don't know what they're waiting for. Now, for what reason would you not want to talk to your guys now? I mean, the idea is to sign them before they can leave, if you really want to keep them. Yeah, so why wouldn't you want to talk with them? Because first? I think the hidden agenda is there's guys who were drafted last year to replace guys who are still under contract who are going to be free agents that are going to be cheaper. And I think the idea is to get younger and cheaper instead of signing your own guys and giving them money. You know, it's all about salary cap with this organization to me. Well, I see that as a big mistake on certain fronts. Well, you, you know, know who we're talking about. It's talking about stills. You know, who I heard the Philadelphia Eagles are drooling with a chance to sign him. That's like their out-and-out goals to get stills. So if you let him hit the market, we're dead. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And I could see him leaving. And then Albert, I guess, would be the other one. Who well, Albert should get cut, I believe, for right. you know for salary cap reasons, you right. know, which is well, a huge I, mistake. I would assume That's creating well, another problem in the offensive line that, you know, you know how hard that is to fix. Well, they're going to go to him. What's going to happen is Tannebaum's going to go to him, and he's going to ask him to take a massive pay cut. And he's going to say no. He's going to refuse to do that, and that's going to be in the game. And then you're going to see Brandon Albert go to another team. You're going to see him wind up probably on Denver or wherever he would go, and and then, you know, that that would basically, you know, end that. And then then I don't know, you know, where you go with that, but those are the two big guys that I think is a concern. So – but like I said, last year we lost 16 guys in one day to free agency. Yeah. All right. You know, 
teams trying to win a championship don't allow that to happen. Teams that are building to win a championship don't allow that to happen. You allow that to happen again, you're going to regress the set to get better next year. It's not going to happen. You know, you can't just keep turning over rosters like that and expect it to be fine. I mean, you you saw you saw the the result of that the last few games of the year plus the playoff game. You know, you yeah. ran out of players. You ran out of death. I mean, you were taking people off practice squads to fill your starting roster at the end of the year. You know? Yeah. You can't win like that. Yeah, well said. All right. The 2017 NFL uh, Hall of Fame class has been announced. And uh, for the first time since San Marino in 2005, the Miami Dolphins are, are represented in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Jason Taylor has uh, been inducted, or at least been uh, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So we'll take our final break. We'll come on back and we'll discuss the uh, Hall of Fame class. This is Don Shula. Happy to be on the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, joined alongside Rich Van Zant as uh, the NFL has uh, announced their 2017 class of NFL Hall of Famers. And uh, the good news for the Miami Dolphins fans is we have representation again as Jason Taylor, uh, first ballot uh, nomination uh, into the class. And with Jason Taylor will go LaDainian Tomlinson, Kurt Warner, Morton Anderson, Terrell Davis, Kenny Easley, and owner Jerry Jones. So, Rich, this was a very interesting uh, week, to say the least, uh, in football. And, um, you know, Jason Taylor, uh, you know, getting nominated on a first ballot is obviously, uh, you know, a, a very refreshing 
Um, and the, I mean, I think we both knew that he was going to go in because of the stats that he had. You know, the question was whether or not he'd be a first balloter. And now that you know, yeah, I wasn't too sure he was going to get in right away. I didn't think he would. Right. You know, I, I always knew he'd get in eventually, but I figured it'd be next year or the year after. I was, you know, very happily surprised that he got in right away. Yeah, same here. The the one thing that I just had to keep thinking, how does Jimmy Johnson feel that <laughs> Jerry Jones goes into Canton, Ohio before him? And he's I mean, on the sidelines, too. Yeah. I mean, you know that's eating him alive. Oh, I mean, that is brutal. driving him nuts. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I don't think he's getting in any time soon, Jimmy Johnson, either. Well, he was on that ballot, uh, you know, he kind, of, he kind of, I thought there was a chance they were going to push him this year, but, you know, I don't know what They weren't putting both of them together, that's for sure. How great would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre, though, that if you would have told me that Jerry Jones would have went in there. I, I don't know where that came from. I, I, I'm very shocked that he got in, you know, Jerry. So am I, so am I. Yeah, that, I mean, came, that came from left field, you know? I mean, he's uh, obviously a participating owner right now, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't go in the Hall of Fame as far as he hasn't won a playoff game since uh, since George Bush 41 was in office. (laughs) I mean, you know, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I I guess you know, listen, I I guess he's got you know what an owner would need to go into the Hall of Fame, right? But just say looking like a guy like Joe Robbie, and you know, the guy doesn't get a sniff for five Super Bowls and uh, a founding AFL guy, you know, it just it's very surprising to me, you know, that that he doesn't get any any kind of consideration, and you know, then you see Jerry Jones just come out of nowhere, like you said, and go in there. Um, you know, I remember asking Mark Cooper, um, I, I, I asked him, who's the toughest guy that you've ever faced in the NFL? And, and I asked him on two separate occasions, and on two separate occasions, he gave me the same answer unequivocally and, and, and very fast. And he said, it's Kenny Easley. Is that right? Without a doubt. And I never forgot that. And so for Ken Easley now to get in there, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Duper's not alone. And this guy must really have been, you know, a super, super, you know, safety, you know, and uh, obviously with the Seahawks in those days. So um, I wasn't shocked when I seen, you know, that come up. Um, Morton Anderson, obviously, if you're going to put kickers in, then he's got to go in. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, he's a second. He's a second full-time kicker now. Well, one's in, he's got to go. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt. And Benetari will be there as well. You know, I, I don't see why you don't put kickers in. I mean, it's a vital part of the game. You know, uh, I, I don't think you'd have the Patriots dynasty without Adam well, because, Benetari. Because back in the day when the, when the league was founded and a lot of those, those same people were voting, you know, kickers were basically just another player to kick. You know, they Fair didn't enough. have specialties. So that's that's really why they were discriminated against for so long, you know. But that has changed so much. No, no, it has. But but that's why it's taken so long for this to to go. It's the younger voters are coming in, and now they're being recognized finally. Well, fair enough. So he goes in there, Ladanian Tomlinson, and I've told you for years and years and years that he's just one of those guys that you know they they just look at him like he is just you know the best thing since sliced bread, regardless of whatever. And, you know, he does have unbelievable stats, and he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's not, but I knew he was going in first ballot, too, one, two, three. And, uh, and then the other guy is Kurt Warner, who, you know. Um, who, long overdue. I don't know why they made him wait as long as he did. Well, I guess because, uh, you know, the middle of the career and I guess the, 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 the losses, the two losses as opposed to, you know, uh, have a one. Now, the question is, if Kurt Warner doesn't win that first Super Bowl, he's not in. Right? You would think no. I know no. Yeah. I don't think he's getting in if he didn't win a Super Bowl. But but he did, and I think he deserves to be in there. He's a, a fantastic story. Um, you know, so that's one of the greatest years a quarterback ever had, really. You know? Yeah, it was. It was, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic probably, year. There's no chance St. Louis goes the tour or wins one without him. If, if Trent Green doesn't get hurt, Vermeil doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Right. And then for him to be able to, to do it again with another franchise like Arizona yep. was special. They should have won that Super Bowl. They should have won, too. It. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I mean, I can make a point that they should have won, you know, all three. But that Arizona one was in their hands. You know, they, they let that yeah. one slip away hard, really, right? There's so, no question. I mean, you know, they scored too quick. 
I mean, if this one on Terrell Davis, I think Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer, and I've I've argued that you know that he should have been. Um, this is my basic theory on it. Uh, Terrell Davis, I, I think that without Terrell Davis, John Elway doesn't get his rings, and obviously they love to embellish Elway and make him you know uh, the greatest of all time. And and I think for him to take that kind of accolades for winning those Super Bowls. Well, people should know that, you know, the reason why he was put in there is because of Terrell Davis and what he was able to do. Now, yeah, uh, he he had four monstrous seasons where it was all done, and, you know, he was the MVP of the league. He joined the 2000 rushing yard club, which there's only, I think, seven people to this day have ever done, you know. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's enough now. Well, yeah, yeah, well I'll, 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 let's go over his stats, okay? Okay. He had four good years, okay? Great years. Great years. Yeah, well, all those rookie year he had 1,100 yards. Then he had 1,538 yards. Then he had 1,750. Unbelievable. Then he had 2,008. No, okay? stop right there. Stop right there, though. Do you realize what you just said? Yeah, I, I know. just diminished that. Those are insane numbers. Okay. 1,100, 1,500, 1,700, and then 2,000. You want to hear the next three years? Yeah. Well, no, I, you know, what you just told me is just insane. Though. Okay, it's four years, though, pal. That's four years. Which four is years. Amazing. The, four next, years. the next three years, 211, 282, and 701. Yeah, I understand. He had the knee injury. He had a devastating knee injury. Four years, I don't think, gets you the Hall of Fame. I, I, I'm sorry. It's not long enough. Well, he played seven, though. He played yeah, the last three years are atrocious. Well, I understand. He hurt his knee in the last three years. He had 211 yards. In one of the years he did, yeah. Yeah, next year, 282. Then 700. Then that was it. You know, but I think that, you know, and let's not forget either. I mean, think about this. In 1999, he had 211 yards more than me. Yeah, but you know what? I think for you to just harp on the final three years is ridiculously taking away. That's from almost half his career. The guy played seven seasons. I understand that. Gail Sayers played a short amount of time too, and he blew out his knees. And everybody says, "Well, you know, it's a shame he had injuries." Sorry, I, mean, I, I, I don't think you go in for four years of 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 greatness. I, I don't think four years is enough. It's, it's the whole years. fame. It's not the whole good. It's the whole fame. Oh, it's not enough. Uh, yeah, I think he's more than good. When you talk about four years of putting up those kind of numbers, they're insane. MVP of the league, okay? Not enough. MVP of the Super Bowl. Not enough. Oh, it's it's definitely enough. You can't do any more than that in four years. You can't do any more. It's than not, that. Enough. not enough. It's not enough. It, yeah, the career's not enough. And you're taking Gail Sayers out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, okay, right yeah. Yes, I am. I think that's a little ridiculous, too. Okay, that's all I needed you to say, because that ends my point right there. If you're taking Gail Sayers out, yeah. and you just... And okay, I'm taking Lynn Swan out, and I'm taking Stallworth out. Yeah, I am. Well, for There's a couple guys I'm taking out. Well, for everybody listening to that home, you just proved my point, so I have no problem arguing anymore. I think you've proven the point. Four years isn't enough, Pat. It. It's not enough. That, that would change the whole dynamics of the building. How many years does Sandy Koufax play? Yeah, what did he play? Ten? Eight? I don't know. How many did he play? I think it's less than that, Rich. And I think that they, you know, it's what the guy did. It, it, you know, you have to listen. There's two things you can do. There's the longevity standpoint, which annoys me too. The Art Monk things annoy me. So you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, it goes both ways. You can have an Art Monk who plays for 180 years, right? You can have that. And put him in, or you can have the guy that just. Look, was, Pat. There's one thing when you get hurt, and yeah, you, you, your career is shortened. But, but he did. four years of he a career did, doesn't get you to Canton. That's you, ridiculous. Wait, it's wait, four wait, seasons, dude. That's like that's less than a league average. Rich, the league average is five years. You make it like he played for four years. He played for seven years. The last three are atrocious. He had four good years. The last three years are horrible. The last three years would get somebody else well, cut. Played. You can't make a four-year career out of a seven-year career. So he played seven years. The last three years were atrocious. Well, 700-something yards is not atrocious when you had the injuries that he had. So it's two out of those three years. And, 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 he, and he had a devastating, devastating injury. 
devastating injury. So you you just said. So wait, so well, well, you don't know though if he could still play. Say so he didn't get hurt. What happens if like it wasn't an injury? What happens if he just was terrible after that? What happens if he played twelve years, but he just had like horrible years, like five six hundred yards for ten years? You still put him in with those no. four years? No, you know as far as I am, you need. Oh, well, yeah, I think those four years speak for themselves. Well, no, no, listen to me, though. Say he played another six, but he never got more than 700 yards in any of those years. He's still a Hall of Famer in your eyes? Why Why wouldn't he be? Because he wasn't a good player for more than half his career. Yeah, but if you have if you have an injury. Say, no, say there wasn't an injury. I'm giving you hypothetical here. He had those four years and had another three out of his career, so now he had a 10-year career. But it's just like just horrible stats like the last three. So you're still putting them in? Listen, if he didn't have the injuries, then, you know, then I would just sort of ask myself what's going on there. If he didn't have the injuries, you know, maybe that puts a little different spin on it. But the fact that he did, and everybody knows that that's why he was not able to be the same kind of running back that he once was. You know, it's you know, that's part about that's part of the Hall of Fame though. The part of the Hall of Fame is doing it over a long period of time. That you're you're a great player for a long time. It's not just like, you know, a no, flash in the pan and you go no, in. I don't I don't I don't buy that flash in the pan you're stuff. You're wrong. It's not for a long period of time. That's one way to go in, but it's also dominance and the dominating level that you could be. So I think it's, it it's not enough. Ways. That's well, really not enough. And I think what got him on, too, is, is him being on TV. You know, it's the Dan Dierdorf effect. No, all of a sudden, Dan so. Dierdorf was this greatest lineman, uh, you know, lineman in history all of a sudden because he was on Monday Night Football. Oh, you're really underestimating what Terrell Davis did. You really are. And no, I'm not. It's, it's four years. It's not enough. LA, they would never even come close to having those Super Bowls without him. That way would be only. I'm not saying they would, but it's well, not. doesn't get in the can. That's a huge part of it. And you know how many games he played in those three years, Rich? 17 total in those three seasons. The last three, yeah. yeah. He only played 17 games out of all three of them combined. Yeah, so it tells you, it almost tells half of his injured. career was a wash. It tells you that he was injured is what it tells yeah, okay. you. Okay, half of his career was horrible. That was phenomenal. He really was phenomenal when he was healthy. He was phenomenal. Not I long enough. That. That hasn't even been really touched by many so, people. So put a so put a Koye in that. Put a Koye, a Christian yeah. Koye. Yes. Yeah. Koye was for two thousand yards. Was the league MVP? Was the Super Bowl MVP? I wonder if Christian Koye do that. I don't even remember him making the playoffs in nineteen eighty eight. Christian Koye did that. He had two good games against us. When did he do that? Well, he had a very short career. You like these short career guys. Yeah, so put him I think in. you're twisted. I think it's obvious that you've already been beaten in this battle. So I'll say good. No, you're good defeated. You, it's four years me, isn't enough. Me, me and Gail Sayers will go over to the They're making it the whole good, not the whole great. That's what what's the problem is. Go go to Chicago. Go tell everybody you're taking Gail Sayers out of, the, out of the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. Go do it. I'll tell Gail. You do that. <laughs> go, go tell Buckus as well. I put Billy D. Williams in instead. That's <laughs> so show, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler. I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I Thank you.